Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out the radio version of the show every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on WDJY 99.1 in Atlanta. We also air on a podcasting network in Los Angeles called the 405 Media. There's a TV version of the show that airs on KMVT 15 in Silicon Valley at 8 p.m. Pacific on Tuesday nights. Both versions of the show air in other states. For these show times plus past episodes, please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Ash Kumra. He's the CEO of the Entrepreneur Movement Youngri. He's an author, a radio host, mindfulness coach, and LinkedIn influencer. Ash, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, man? Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. You've done a ton of really cool things. You're doing some really cool things. But maybe before we kind of get into all that fun stuff, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Yeah, not a problem, man. Uh, I'm a California native, born and raised. I uh, grew up in Bay Area for the first 18 years of my life. And then after that, I uh, moved to SoCal. And ever since then, I've been just here. I've been here. So what made you move to Silicon Valley or uh, sorry, Southern California? You know what, man? It's it's a the weather's obvious. But besides that, um, I really like, yeah, I'm really into like the new kind of vibe that I get here. Um, I love visiting, you know, SF. I love visiting New York. Sure. God, New York is amazing, especially D.C. and all the big cities, Chicago, especially. But you know what? Um, What I like about Southern California is that uh, there's like a lot of opportunities that are still there. Yeah, Uh, sure. And I don't I don't find that in the Bay Area as frequently as I do here. And obviously, Bay Area is uber wealthy, uber established, uber, you know, five generations from immigrants to even venture capitalists, entrepreneur like, you know, the semi all the way from the semiconductors to Steve Jobs working for Hewlett Packard to like the web one, web two, and now three and other things. So I, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but here it's like, we're paving the way in Southern California. Like it's still like a big deal when like exits happen and like, there's no like set industry or set vibe for a lot of things. I no, know. I, no, I 100% agree with you. The other thing that I, it seems like, and, and tell me your thoughts on this is Silicon Valley still has that like you don't necessarily need a business model because you'll just sell to one of the big three or four companies where like LA seems to be a lot more like, well, how are you going to make money with your startup? Is, is that fair to say? I mean, I think it's a positive stereotype that Southern California has a uh, revenue focus. And that makes sense because a lot of e-commerce and um, ad, ad tech kind of companies have come out of SoCal and sure. even the media companies that have survived often it's like, well, you need to be sustainable as a revenue model, and, and they do. So I, I, I kind of I agree with what you're saying. I'm not going to say it's always that case in Silicon Valley, sure. but I will say one thing, though. Um, I'm not going to – I don't want to make this a political rant, but yeah, I will yeah. say that when I read about the things that are happening in, like, Silicon Valley, I'll just be candid. The creepy, the creepy A guys that are making all men look bad – oh my God, in tech and venture, it's often from Silicon Valley. I'm serious. Like I read about these okay. creepy guys. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The yeah. guys who, and listen, they need to go get, they, if they've been harassing for many years, they need to go to court. They need to do, they need to get what's there. That's what the legal system's for. And women need to stand up for that stuff. No doubt I will not ever, sure. ever go against that. I find, I find more of those creepy guys in Silicon Valley versus SoCal. No, fair, fair enough. Oh, I, I, no, it's, it's interesting, right? And I, I think just to kind of, I, I think also, I, I don't, like, I've been to San Francisco a handful of times. I, I don't find the weather that great. Like, the always spring <laughs> thing, like, I need to be, I need it to be, like, it, I need it to be warmer for me. It's not yeah. warm enough for me where L.A. is base, is warm enough for me all year round, right? Where, so, yeah. so I, I totally get that. But, you went to UC Irvine. What did you take there? You know, college was my coming out kind of time All right. uh, in terms of social skills and in terms of like um, discovering who I am. I was very much an introvert, not an introvert. I should say I was just more of a, 
you know, hidden introvert who wanted to be my true self, which is more extroverted minded, but I still have an introvert side. Sure. And college was a time for me to like start fresh. And again, what I liked about where I went was that diversity was everywhere. And not just from a race standpoint, but from a, you know, political standpoint, from a major standpoint, like colleges, from job standpoint, um, the vibe is SoCal. So I would say my, my uh, four plus years at UC Irvine were phenomenal for me and they shaped me into who I am. Um, I studied tech and business. I'm not here to tell you that I'm a product of what I learned in school. I'm not going to say that, but I would say that college is, I think is needed for most people because it exposes you to new places. It teaches you a good work ethic. And if you get involved with areas that can hone your leadership skills, like I was doing student government, I was doing Greek life. I was raising, I was raising 25 grand for like at the time, Lance Armstrong Foundation. This was really? pre, wow. yeah, and I was like 20 years old, and I was putting on these events for hundreds of people. I was dealing with all diverse types of people. I mean, when I went to college, 9/11 happened, so you had right, yeah. in my fraternity, we had Muslims, Jews, Christians, atheists, people who were like anarchists, and like all Palestinians, Israelis, Indians, Pakistanis, you name it. And as a, one of the leaders in our fraternity, I was I was helping to bring us together saying look like these are all outside things and it's unfortunate and i and i pray for the people that have been losing people or seeing that but right now at this moment we are all here to be better versions of ourselves and so i really got into like dealing with diverse people from my like leadership skills in my fraternity as an example that's really great man no i yeah like that's i, I think one of the best things about doing the show and and you do a, sh a show as well and we'll get there in a second but I, I love talking to people kind of globally from different parts of the world about all the different cool things that they're doing, right? Because yeah. it, it's fun and like there's certain things that you don't even think of just by based on kind of maybe how you grew up or where you're from or a different part of the world that you're like, oh, I never really thought of it like that. That's really cool or that's really interesting, right? So yep, yep. Oh, I think that's great, man. So. You get out of college, walk me through your career up until kind of all the stuff you're doing now, because I really want to focus on all that stuff. Yeah, um, you know, the cliff note version is um, I tried my hand in different entrepreneurial ventures. I was working on a, a political voting tech play. I helped do digital video kind of content production work. Um, I co-founded this digital video distribution company that helped market a, a film like Slumdog Millionaire on digital. And it was like my breakthrough moment for my business. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I thanks. I've had I've had a lot of think of like my pre to pre from then to like the last few years as like my like MBA school in the school of like hard knocks and business. And I've had more obstacles and what you would call a failure, but I would call a growth lesson than more than you can count. And all that stuff made me a more tougher, resilient and more open-minded entrepreneur and made me really discover my passion, which is like media and communications and evangelizing of that kind of stuff. Sure. So I, I think that's a really good kind of segment into kind of the radio show and, and yep. Youngry. What exactly kind of made you get into all that stuff? Yeah, well, I, I can't take credit for Youngry alone. Um, it was, I made a comment earlier that uh, I, I really discovered that media and communications is like my thing. Like yeah, I yeah. love sharing stories. I love learning about stories. I love evangelizing successful people from all types of walks of life to others because believe it or not, I mean, not only do you get inspired and learn and grow, I also get inspired and learn totally. and grow. So I've done hundreds of these interviews selfishly because it grows me but so also because it helps you so it's like a total win-win one guy i was interviewing so i was doing a kind of a deal a weekly like entrepreneur like video like series on on digital channels sure. and i met this guy um i've always been fascinated with um fitness because the fitness world really gets these terms like movements and making you feel like you're you're bigger than, you know, you can achieve anything. And what's cool about fitness is like, you could literally transform yourself. You could literally be overweight. And then like, if you follow your, whether it's diet or fit or working out or supplements, you know, the, the non-steroid kind of stuff, you, you can transform. It's a great mod. It's a great industry to promote those types of ideals that you hear about, like the law of attraction and 
visualization and stuff because it happens. And so I got, I was humbled that um, um, someone from a very prominent fitness brand had said, hey, like, um, we want you to interview our CEO. He's a big influencer. And if you look him up, he's like one of the biggest fitness influencers. He pioneered like, in, you know, this whole fit life you know, life marketing stuff. And fortunately, and I say fortunately, because I'm nothing against the CEO, he said, hey, the, the CEO can't make it, but his co-founder, chief strategy officer, is in town in, in Orange County area at the time. Can you interview him? I'm like, yeah, of course. I don't care. And so I That's met awesome. this guy. Long story short, it was the greatest interview, one of the greatest interviews I've ever done, because we ended up talking for like five hours after that. And wow. the guy, yeah, the guy, I think the guy secretly like, I'm not gonna say he stalked me, but he secretly like had another intention to meet me, because because what he did is, hey, like I am, I've had this brand, I wanted to build it towards the next gen, the next movements, the next entrepreneurs, creators, and I know you're doing a lot of things on the solo stuff and you know with your content stuff. Uh, do you want to join me in building this? And I didn't. I was just like, whatever. Like I've been pitched by a lot of people. Not to brag. It's just I've been pitched. Sure. I'm like, yeah, great. Yeah. That's fine. Like we all been pitched. I'm like, cool. Whatever. No. And then he told me the name, and I don't know what it is, but it's like imagine seeing your favorite car in the world right in front of you, or, or you're getting to eat your favorite meal ever, or you get to see like the goal that you want in life. When I heard the name Youngry, I was like, oh my god, like. It doesn't matter what we do with Youngry, it's going to be something good. So I said, I'm in. That's awesome, man. No, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my co-founder uh, at the time when he pitched me this idea was the chief strategy officer of this fitness brand. And he, um, you know, we've been at it for about a little over a year now. So it's been a fun ride. Sure. So for people that haven't heard of Youngry, what exactly is it? And, and kind of you guys are doing some new stuff with it. Yeah. So walk me through kind of what it was, is, and is going to be. Yeah, I'm so glad uh, this interview is now because my answer a few weeks ago would have been different. I actually sent a new email to all of our investors, our advisors, key influencers, key people that have helped with Youngry to tell them where we're going right now. So it's very timely that you asked me this question. Youngry at the original goal was a going to be a media content kind of platform. So what we identified when we decided to do Youngry was that, you know, entrepreneur media is very, um, it's very focused on like, you know, I would say search-based kinds of stuff. So sure. if you read like various sites, it's like how to raise money or how to pitch, or this is how you need to raise. A lot of it is like based on like SEO and ad-based and just to get ad, just to get traffic. I'm not against that. You're a for-profit business. You need to you need to do what you got to do to survive. But I didn't feel like a lot of the entrepreneur media was really helping like entrepreneurs. I just felt it was more like editorial tells you this is what it is and this is how you read it. So I wanted to create this like content where active entrepreneurs can like provide content and internally we build this movement of entrepreneurs from across the world. Doesn't matter who you are if you're young in spirit, hungry in ambition, like. Let's make you make your goals happen. And so we went strong with that. Um, you know, there was a time when we had probably 85 contributors or more. And, you know, we we really are aggressive with, like, getting our name out there. We've been involved with over 30 events from, like, 10 people to 1,000-plus people, both produced internally and externally. So that was the original vision of Youngry, like, being this movement to help entrepreneurs succeed with, like, compelling content and then using e-commerce from, like, branded branded products and events to like sustain our business along the along the time though um i think we did a deep dive and we realized all right what do we really want with this brand um and what was going well so the one thing that's gone well and still goes well is that we have a very cool brand affinity like i still get people telling me that like they know of youngry and youngry is this and it's very flattering at times because there are times when like we've been kind of uh, siloed or in the dark, not doing much promoting our brand, but people are still like into Youngry. And it's partly because of the genius rationale behind with my co-founder when he conceived the name of Youngry in the original tagline, Young in Spirit, Hungry in Ambition. But I think we then realized, all right, no matter what, the brand will last as long as we keep shepherding it. What do we really care about the most? And what do people need the most? This answers your next question, where we are now. 
we realized that um, mentorship is like the thing that's really key to where we're going. Yeah. So literally what I am doing now with our team, and I literally sent this email out today. This interview is on a Tuesday. I literally did this last Friday, what I'm telling you right now. Wow. I literally told the team, hey, Young 1.0 is great. We got some, we got an audience. We made some money. We got to do some cool things. We built a great following. We built people like you. I mean, we have some great collaborators. We love what we've done, but we're not settling. Now we're becoming, we're still a movement to help you, young and spirit, hungry and business succeed. But we're now really focusing on like mentorship type of content and initiatives around that. So the three areas that we're focusing on. And what's great about this is that I often hear entrepreneurs and investors, successful entrepreneurs and investors say, you know, you need to focus on, you know, you need to focus. What I can say is all these three things I'm about to tell you all work together in like a 360 kind of format. God, I just sound like an MBA student saying 360. <laughs> no, no, it's all good, man. Um, anyhow, so the three things that we're doing is um, offline, we're refocusing our business to have like mentor kind of content. So not just the traditional fireside chat event, but before our events, we're going to have like mentor hours where like you can meet with the speakers and other successful people to get like more deeper kind of informal mentorship. The second thing we're doing um, is sustaining the business is um we've been getting i, I want to say this with like all candor and like without no, not sounding cocky we get we get we get cool um youngry is a cool brand we're marketing towards often the millennial and yeah, later totally. gen z demos so brands have been approaching us saying look like how do we market to you like how do we market to this group and we have projects entrepreneurs who have budgets are like, how do we, how do we do creative content? You guys get that stuff. So we have an agency side behind the scenes, which, um, we're, we're ramping up very successfully. Um, and so that's the second side. And then the, but the bigger vision, um, why the, where the events and the agency will power is, um, we're building a collaborative virtual mentor app, which I feel will transform mentorship to a whole new level. Um, and so that's being, developed and what's interesting is that we're not rushing it we're going to launch it when the foundation of youngry is like stronger based on what i just mentioned to you sure no i i think that's really great man and like i think even to just kind of back it up a little bit just from my side like i've kind of followed your brand i think pretty early on when you guys kind of first launched and and like how you and i connected was i was just it, you came up on my like people you may know on linkedin and I was like, oh, I, I know that brand. And I was like, let's reach out to him and see if he wants to do the show. So I, I think to your point, like I can vouch for like I known you guys and I, I think the brand's kind of been really well recognized kind of in, in the whole space and maybe even beyond that. Right. So I think that's really great, man. And I think one of the things that I think everybody struggles with and I, I would even say myself sometimes is like being able to find a mentor because I think you could always get one no matter how old you are. You don't need to be young. You don't need to be old. You just need to want to find somebody that can help you with wherever you're kind of at in, you know, your your life or your career, right? And I think there's not a lot of good ways to get a mentor unless you kind of spend a lot of time and effort and you could still maybe never find one. Is that kind of why you decided to go with a mentorship platform? Yeah. So I want to, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you, um, the kind words you said about, um, young greed. Um, what I would say to you is we're not here to train. We're not here to change mentorship. We're not okay. an education company. We're not an academy. What we want to do is we want to just provide what I call informal mentorship. So there's two kinds of mentorship. One is like full on, you go and you get a mentor for your life, life coaches, advisors, your big brother, big sister, Another successful in our let's just for this interview sake, a successful entrepreneur or, or an investor who just likes to give back. Sure. I want that to happen all day, all night. And, and that is the that is the glue that helps many people succeed. What I'm talking about is like that informal, specific Q&A kind of mentorship. Okay. So okay. I'll give you an example, really simple example. Um, I want to raise money for um, a company, let's say, and I need someone who's raised money in my industry who I can just share my pitch deck with. Yeah, well, we have a mentorship relationship, possibly, but like it's more like that informal, like, gotcha. hey, like okay. I've been there, done that. But what's cool about our model is that 
it's not just the top down where I'm more successful. It's also the reverse. So I feel what we're going to also do is we're going to have the younger cool kids tell the older people like, Hey, like if you want to market cool and you're Pepsi and you're trying to do this campaign, like live in the now, how are you doing that? If your soda is bad for you? (laughs) No, fair enough. Yeah, you're right. But it, it takes a cool kid. And you know, I, I hear all this stuff about the millennial generation, like from the older time, from the like older journalists and media, like, Oh, millennials are, you know, this and that, and they're more fussy. Darn right we are, because we're more into our health and well-being at times. So you need to hear this stuff if you want to market to our generation. So that's where the reverse can happen, too. And that's what we want to also promote. No, I, I think that's actually really interesting, right? Yeah. So have you guys figured out kind of a monetization model, or is it still kind of too early for that? No, it is. We, it, it's just it, – the app has – so so what's cool about the three the 360 approach is that offline our event revenues which is sponsorships and other affiliated revenues and service deals through the agency because sponsors and more established people want to work with us or even early stage entrepreneurs those revenue streams will be kind of a you know sustainable because of the brand and because we have a focus on it but outside of that the platform going to be a digital traditional in-app fees and download fees and stuff like that which we're gonna which we'll talk more about when we launch but it's sure it's not going to be anything complicated it's it's the same metrics that you've seen with many successful like community-based apps and stuff like that no i i think that's really great man i that's really cool i'm I'm looking forward to you guys you guys actually getting it kind of out there um yep so i'm curious though you you also got named linkedin top business influencer in 2017 how did that come to be and, and how did you get recognized for that? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And just so we're clear, I got linked, I got named one. I didn't get okay. me, sure. just okay. so we're clear. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've been doing a lot of work with their ProFinder service. Um, so LinkedIn, first off, I think LinkedIn is like the next, it's not the next big thing because it's already there, but I think LinkedIn, um, I think in this day and age, I think the, the tradi- many people are like not looking towards Facebook for content from yeah. a business standpoint. I think entertainment and stuff is fantastic. And I think cool content like Netflixy type content, Facebook will work. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, a friend of mine, it, it, he did, I don't know if you saw the Tom Brady doc on Facebook, the six part series. No, I didn't. You know, so if you're a Tom Brady fan, or if you just want to learn how he thinks, whether you like him or dislike him, my friend did a series on link and I have no affiliation with this series, but my friend did a series on Facebook, um, called Facebook watch. It's like their new content platform. And they did this six part series. on like Tom Brady and like prep is all the way till the Super Bowl. Um, and that is like the future. When I think of content for Facebook, when I think of LinkedIn now, I really think about LinkedIn as more, um, business content, mentorship kind of content. Um, think of like that business insider or, trends to work out and so one service they have is called profinder where you know if you're very active in the community linkedin will solicit and you'll get solicitations for people looking for projects and so i've been really active with that service and so it was kind of a hidden opportunity and serendipitously linkedin recognized me as one of the top business profiles on the profinder it was pretty on it was a pretty cool deal yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. I, I think other, like, majority of the stuff I've ever gotten career-wise has kind of come through LinkedIn. And uh, some people stay, say it's dying, but for me, it's, I think it's never been better, to be honest. Yeah, I, you know, the people that complain about LinkedIn, just like in anything in life, and this is kind of a more of a mindful side of me, but I've, my dad always taught me that, like, if you have nothing good to say, like, do your best not to complain about it. And if people that constantly complain... I honestly feel that like there's some issue that you're having with it or you just don't get it. So LinkedIn is clearly working. The engagement levels, the content pushing. I mean, I think they have over 3 million. If you post a status update, you're considered a content contributor. They have millions of content contributors from active ones to the ones that I just mentioned. So the thing is working. And I think the Microsoft purchase is going to make it even bigger and better. So I, I'm all in on LinkedIn. I, it's my preferred medium. Um, it's ironic because as a brand, Youngry is more of an IG, Facebook kind of platform, even Twitter, which is our Twitter is really good. But me personally, on my personal brand, like I'm all in on LinkedIn. Like That's the one I'm really focusing on. Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. You also, what happened with the White House? Because they named you, 
named you an entrepreneur making kind of an impact, but like what exactly was that and how did that kind of come to be? Yeah, uh, very, very humbled and honored that they considered me. So pre-Youngry, pre-even my radio show, um, I was doing a lot of my first business. I mentioned that um, I helped market. And when I say help market, I wasn't the brainchild behind it, but I was one of the digital marketing partners that worked with Fox and marketing okay. Slumdog Millionaire. And what was great about that was that my first business's mission was to help promote international content and bring it out here on digital platforms. And so my heritage is, I mean, American born and I'm not going to, I'm not pushing I'm American Patriot, but I'm a proud American as you get, but sure. I also am very proud of my Indian roots my sure. India, from India. So I took a niche Indian content at the time. Now it's like Indian content's everywhere and it's cool to see that. And it's cool to see like all these Indian Americans and people from India, like Priyanka Chopra on, you know, ABC hit shows. But when I was doing that stuff, it was very, very rare to see that. So what I was involved with is Fox was literally like to me and others, Hey, we have this film, ethnic film. We need, you get Indian people. Like, you know how you say you get cool. Like you get Indian people, like <laughs> sure. help market okay. this. <laughs> Interesting. Kind of, you know, it was yeah. a, it was a straight, straight, like honest thing. Like, look, we don't get it. You get it. We know this film's a hit from a creative wise. So that film marketing really helped jumpstart my first business. And from there, I did a lot of like motivational talks on like believing in yourself, believing in your dreams. And I didn't know what I was saying at the time. I mean, in the sense that I was authentic, but I mean, I didn't have like a structured approach and nor did I have the experience that I have now. But because I was helping a lot of, you know, inner promoting this American spirit abroad with the promotions of international cinema and arts, the White House caught my got my caught my attention or they I caught their attention because one of my good friends was asked to help pick a group of next generation um, American entrepreneurs who are helping represent the American entrepreneur spirit and so it was like this I believe it was like a hundred of us that were 30 under 30 wow. um, they did it for a couple years this impact award series um, but I was on the first batch I was one of the I was one of the speakers that went on I could send you a link after. It's so cheesy. I did the JFK speak quote at the end. You know, ask what you're not do for your country, you can do for you. You know, I I, I, <laughs> I don't know. No. I mean, I did it. On, you know what I mean? I was inspired. Jeez, I was on I was on live stream on WhiteHouse.gov. I was. That's you know, huge, dude. I, I think you're kind of underselling it a bit. I I, I get what you mean though about by just kind of like you. Sometimes you don't necessarily when you're. You kind of mentioned like you didn't know what you were maybe necessarily doing the whole time, but like. I think part of the what's magical about that is I think nobody really knows kind of what they're doing all the time, right? And the people that say they planned everything and, you know, it, it, a lot of it just comes with like you network a little bit, you know somebody that gets you a little bit further in this direction or you ask and you chase some sort of dream and then next thing you know you're giving a speech to the White House, right? Like it can happen to, to anybody that's willing to kind of put themselves out there and that's what you continue to do. I think that's yeah. fair to say. I appreciate that. And so from my standpoint, um, um, it was inspirational. It was very humbling. Um, you know, you, you heard that, you hear that term 15 minutes of fame. I definitely milked that. <laughs> I got a book deal after that. Um, I did, I got really into the speaking circuit. I realized after that, that I didn't want to do what I was doing. So I kind of, um, you know, stopped focusing on that first business, did really more of the speaking stuff, uh, did some advising, worked on another venture, which was in the self-help space. Um, but ironically, um, I think a year, year and a half later, um, you know, once you're in the system there, they're like, okay, well, who do we have for the next initiative? And I, it's so funny because like, like I said, I'm a diehard American and I'm, I'm very proud of my Indian culture and heritage. I'm more into it now, especially with the mindfulness stuff. But I never identified myself as like Asian American influence or anything like that. Like I never really did anything like that. But they put me on this awards for a big the thing they did the following year of Asian heritage, American heritage month. So I got a second award from the White House for that. That's really um, cool. Less, Congrats, man. Yeah, That's great. Thanks, man. Less on entrepreneurship, more of just you know, you're an Asian American doing things. So there's all kinds of people. I'll tell you a funny story about that though. Okay. So I will say this when I hear politically that like, Oh, I miss Obama. Okay. And I'm not promoting that. I love Obama or dislike Obama. I'm just commenting that I've heard that. 
I will share a personal story on why I admire Obama that's not political. Okay. President Obama is a movie star. I don't know if you ever get to meet him. No, he I, has I haven't. Like, I would love to. <laughs> he has his magnetism behind him. And I think JFK had that. I okay. think Ronald Reagan and I think Ronald Reagan had that. Oh my god, Ronald Reagan was a was a was such a like cowboy and like sure. you know bravado person. Like you do not mess with Reagan, you know? Sure. And I will tell you a funny story. So the award ceremony for the Asian American Heritage thing, um, he, he 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 made an appearance, which was totally mind blowing. And I'm like, wow, this is a big deal. So literally, there's like 150, I don't know, like 200 of us, and they're like, ladies and gentlemen, he just, they just surprise us, like a, like President Obama, the President of the United States, so President Obama, he comes in, and we're all sitting down, and. I could tell he doesn't have a prepared speech. As like a guy who understands communications, I could tell when you're prepared and when you're ad lib. Sure. He didn't come prepared. I think he just knew he was going to say some like you know, you know, uh, script stuff, but then go on a tangent. So he did his usual. Hey, I happen to have you here. Blah blah blah. This this is so important. That was his script stuff. Then he sizes up the room. He literally sizes up the room. Like he does something which is a which I learned from him to a certain degree. He sizes up the room and he and I think he noticed that at least half the crowd was Southeast Asian. So Southeast Asian is like Indian, Pakistani, Sri Lankan, that whole area of okay. Asia. Um, and he's like, all right, where am I, where am I like, so um, where am I like, I think he either said, you know, where are my Southeast Asians at or where are my Indian Pakistanis at or something. He said some comment, and of course everyone, including myself, I, you know, I, I was a, I, I sold out and I became more of an Indian and American for sex. I was like, yeah, for a second. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm Indian. I forgot, you know. And he said, I love your food, just so you know. So there's a very common dish called kima, which is a – it's a turkey. It's like a – it's a – it's like a – it's a it's a, it's a meat dish. And he's like, I still remember from my college day, my Pakistani roommate gave me this kima recipe. And it's still the best one. I've showed it to friends and no one is able to better – no one, no one else is able to have a better recipe than when I present that to my friends. So good for you guys. This is so random. I'm like, oh my god! Like, he's the president saying that. That's yeah, awesome. how do you do this? Like, God, like, I was just like, man, I miss, I miss leaders like that. Just to be so bold and vulnerable and funny. So, anyways, um, I learned a lot from that little speech. I'm bringing this up because. I'm always learning. So I love saying funny stuff in my speaking stuff. So I'll give you an example. Sure. And I know we have other stuff, but no, I just no, it's I good, man. story. I uh I, I I'm I'm blessed that I get asked to do emceeing and like get to help out with conferences and I love emceeing because um A it's a get to don't have to do a canned speech. And number two, um, I love promoting the great content that's out there, entrepreneurs. So I was, I, I emceed a conference called Crypto World Summit. It was in LA a few months ago and it was all about crypto and stuff. And sure. so we had two speakers. One was the official Bitcoin.com is the official views of the Bitcoin co-founders that are still around and they are like the official voice of Bitcoin. So they spoke and they're like, very anarchy. Literally, they use the term anarchy capitalism. It's like Anne Ryan, but gone beyond <laughs> even that. It's sure. like, no, it's siloed islands. I don't know if you've read about this Puerto Rico island where a lot of these Bitcoin guys like Brock Pearson all gone. It's following that philosophy where they don't want any government intervention. They want independent communities. It's a very extreme view of limited government and like taking care of your own settlement. And Peter Thiel's be also a proponent of this. He, I don't know if you've heard, but he like yeah, funds yeah. these, these yeah, self-operate. Yeah. It's, it's part of the anarchy capitalism views. Like they, these little islands that connect to each other, have their own little currencies. Very, very anarchy view. I'm not judging it. It's just this yeah. is what they said, the anarchy capitalism views. This is what Bitcoin, the official Bitcoin view from Bitcoin.com foundation represents. Bitcoin.com, I should say, represents. Then the second guy comes on and he's like, I want more government. And he has a publicly traded company who has spun off an ICO, but it's part of the publicly traded company. And he's like, I'm so glad I'm like a publicly traded company because I can't get, you know, unscrupulous, shady investments and blah, blah, blah. Because unfortunately, you've been seeing all that. So the point is, is that they did their thing. The, the anarchy talked and then the pro-government who's into crypto talked. So 
I this is where I did my Obama moment, and I've done this many times. I'm like, all right, guys, how many guys seen X Men? Everyone's like, yeah. I just <laughs> felt like I heard Magneto and then Xavier talk about why humanity sucks and is good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Because I, I was just like, what? WTF? I can't believe I just heard these up. Uh, Total opposite views. So that's what I mean. That's like how I learned communication rise to throw a little humor and but jab at people but politely. Sure. And I don't know. That's my style. What, what did they say to that? They laughed. What can they say? I guess. Because I didn't. Because I. Because I kind of. They kind of agreed. One is like a total magneto. Like humanity sure. sucks. I mean, not humanity sucks, but the world. You gotta like the world's too controlled. That's what Magneto felt about mutants being under control. And then Xavier's like, "Look, let's let's create structure. Let's create the systems. Let's like try to promote human, in this case, government business cooperation." And that's kind of the 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 ICO guy, the publicly traded company guy. So I think people just laugh. They got they're like, "Oh my god, it's so true!" Like, and that's what's cool about that crypto world is that they have such diverse views and that's a whole other conversation but that's that's how I, that's what i learned from that simple food comment that obama said like five or six four or five years back no that's that's actually really interesting man uh so i i want to cover you're also a mindfulness coach what exactly yeah. does that mean and and how do you coach people yeah so it's i have to credit um I've had a very, very, um, you know, I, I'm blessed that um, I'm able to sustain myself and grow. And I think we all have our certain traits. Like I know people. So my co-founder is that New York City Gary V cut from just hustle 18 hours a day, seven days a week, twice on Sunday kind of guy. Okay. And and, the, and girls too do that. The, these types of people, there is a certain work ethic that I have seen in New York City, especially that East Coast hustle. Um, I, oft, I will admit, I don't see that as often in California with entrepreneurs and, but we have our excuses, you know, we're more into quality time, less quantity time. You know, we incorporate mindfulness and stuff like that. So I actually agree with the California right. traditional. It's lifestyle. sunny most of the year, right? Yeah. It's New York yeah. gets snow. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like in England, the reason why they have the best singers is because they're inside the whole time and it's raining. And so yeah. that weather makes you think, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you could say these stupid sure. stereotypes sure. and just jabbing at them. But my point is, is that, um, so I'm just giving you an example that my sure. co-founder, no matter how many hours of sleep, no matter if he partied or no matter if he's like running 10 projects, he's just able to consistently work and get stuff done. My trait is I constantly can heal quickly. Like I am Wolverine. Like I can okay. get hurt, whether it's a losing a business partner, relationship, injury. I'm, I heal very fast. Interesting. And I wonder to myself, why is it that I'm able to do this? Sure. And the reason is, is because I have like strong self-love. Okay. And so then I realized to myself, how many people I know have a lot of like true self-love in themselves, not self-esteem that could be, that can be artificially created or that could be built off of your artificial merits or like how much money you have. Or I'm talking about like truly like loving themselves and I'm sure. not a psychologist or a therapist, so I'm not pushing any like practice. But the thing I realized is that how do I take advantage of this? How did I develop this? Partly my family, and I'm blessed to have great family. But beyond that, I think it's because of my mindfulness routines that I do to myself. Like I do active meditation. I okay. read gratitude type of content. So then I said to myself, wow, I'm interacting with a lot of people in the entrepreneur and business world. And they're like either A, not doing this daily or two, they're not even aware of the simple – mindfulness kind of stuff so i just realized that like my mission which is to be the most like inspiring kind of media kind of entrepreneur alive is partly also to include you know self you know the mindfulness kind of stuff and so since then i've been i've been really focusing my content on my self brand i'm actually doing a tedx talk in april of 2018 where i'm going to like officially unveil my like view of my like I have this term I have this book that I'm launching called the mindful hustler and it's like really how you can how mindfulness can actually make you perform better as an entrepreneur or hustler whatever you want to be sure no I I think that's really great man I, I think at least meditation seems to be getting a lot more kind of publicity in the last few years that a lot of entrepreneurs are talking about that 
actually being something they do on a, a daily or at least, you know, a few times a week basis. But is there other things that you kind of recommend people could potentially try? Like, what does it really mean? Because I, I think it's kind of a new, I think, kind of term that a lot of people maybe haven't heard of. Um, or, or get your book. No, no, I know what you're saying. Um, you know, what do you mean by that question? I'm trying to understand, like, well, what do you okay, mean like, by that? what else do you do? Because you meditate, right? But like, what yeah, else? It's beyond meditation. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, so the reason why I say mindfulness or mindset is because it's beyond meditation. So it's it's there's a lot of okay. It's like this: if you ever meet an athlete, if you ever meet anyone who's preparing for a race, okay, they do call what they do something they prepare themselves they stretch they visualize they they eat right you know they don't drink let's say if they're a social drinker physically they can't be intimate the day or two before because all these things you have to do to get yourself ready i'm saying the same stuff to be a successful um business person interesting so it's a combination of like meditation, visualization, affirmations, um, getting yourself in the right mindset. Because if you're in the right mindset, it's not about winning. Uh, it's not about winning others. It's about winning you. And when you win you, I feel that's when you're in that limitless flow state. So that's what I'm, um, that's what I'm really passionate about. Interesting. Now that's actually really quite fascinating because you're right. It's almost like like a fighter prefer- preparing for like a boxing match or UFC or something like that. Like, they train for months for like, you know, for what, 20 minutes or a half hour, however long the fight is. I, I don't, I'm not really a huge like boxing or, or mixed martial arts fan, but like they train for months for that stuff, right? So is it, is it that same kind of concept? Pretty much. Okay, yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, pretty much. And again, this is where I'm really blessed um, where, you know, that Obama moment, like, oh yeah, I'm Indian. I forgot, you know, moment. Like I'm really... <laughs> I'm really blessed that um, my Indian heritage, because I grew up, I guess I took, I didn't realize it, but like I went to like, I went to like these temples. I read books like the Gita and I read all these, which a lot of successful entrepreneurs now say it's like one of the greatest books I've ever written. Like all these, all these things that like I'm now seeing out there and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, it's like, it's, I've done this stuff for 10, 15 years without even knowing it. Um, sure. Even in, um, I'll give you another example. Okay. There's something called Reiki. It's a form of it's a it's like a mindset meditation kind of thing, um, and um, I did Reiki five years ago. I got trained in Reiki five years ago because one of my friends at the time was into mindfulness stuff, and she called me out saying, "Look, like, you're too much in the head. You need to go deeper and like love yourself more, literally." And so this this changed me. So I've been doing this Reiki stuff every day, just subconsciously now. You know who does this before many of his talks and now has a like a exclusive like package where you can spend five days with him to go to India and, and, and do it on a deeper level? Tony Robbins. Really? Wow. Tony Robbins Interesting. and his wife, they do Reiki and his wife especially said that it healed her from many things. Wow. And I'm like not surprised, you know, and so it's cool when I when you see stuff like that. No, I, that's, that's quite fascinating actually, but, but I'm curious. So for people that are kind of listening and, you know, have maybe followed you, you along through all the different things that you've kind of done, what advice do you kind of give to people that are looking to kind of get, get themselves out there and start either creating content or kind of chasing their passions or dreams? Honestly, um, self-worth is the most important thing. Okay. Now I know there's a different there's schools of thoughts and I'm a big proponent of this that you know find your purpose find your mission and I'm not disagreeing with any of that. I okay. always believe do things that make you fulfilled less about just the dollar bills. But at the same time if you're not self if you're not self fulfilled inside then like you're just chasing and ch- you're going to crash and burn. So when I say mindful it doesn't just mean meditation or the reiki stuff that Tony Robbins does. It's like doing something that like allows you to like embrace yourself and like be empowered and stuff like that so that's the number one thing you got to do and i feel that um you know when you do more work on yourself um you can endure stuff like you could literally endure stuff i'll give you a really funny not funny okay i'll give you a really simple example okay um 
I just I had a I had a friend who um, I had a friend who lot who had a bad co-founder who kind of took advantage of him and he had to start he had to start from scratch. Okay. And recently I sent him an article of this co-founder promoting himself as the pioneer of online marketing and all this BS. And I sent it to my friend. I said, I'm not sending this to you to like make you feel bad. I'm sending it to you to like realize what a joke this guy is. And that like in the long run, you're the one who's happier because you've actually done way better since that guy and you departed off. And that's because he's done so much work on himself. Okay. So that's an example of like why take when you know your self-worth, you can endure, you can have your own Wolverine moments where you can heal and move faster. Sure. No, I, I think that's that's really interesting. But how do you, because you're obviously a busy guy, you must make time daily, kind of weekly for this stuff. Like how much time in a week do you do you spend on this kind of your self-improvement stuff? Yeah, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I don't, so again, I can't, I'm not going to tell you there's a, there's a certain way. It's just like telling, an, it's like asking an a athlete how sure. much training should you do. It's like, you got to do what's comfortable. So I do about an hour a day of stuff, but okay. I know people that do 20 minutes a day. I know people that do 10 minutes a day. All I care about is that you spend some time every day. Okay. So I'm more of a fan of, I'll give you the analogy. Um, one of my mentors, really well-known uh, sports agent, he has a show on Entrepreneur Magazine called The Playbook. Okay. He yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. Name's Dave Meltzer. And Dave did an interview with me and I talked about in, you know, what to take to be successful. And Dave said something which I would apply to mindfulness. Dave said, look, if you want to be better at golf and you practice two hours once a week, I'm going to kick your butt because I'm going to do it 20 minutes a day, seven days a week or five days a week. Got you. So consistency is what I learned from that conversation. Same thing with this. Interesting. So do you make it simple? Just make it simple. Whatever you want to do, just do it. But do you try to do it at the same time every day? No, no. Okay. That's the other thing. I'm not that kind of person. So, I mean, this is where I guess I'm going to become the anarchist. For no, no, I think it's good. (laughs) But, but I don't believe. I don't know. It's funny. I don't like. I don't like living on man-created rules. When I say man, yeah, society-based rules. Yeah. You don't have to work at 9 a.m. You don't have to work at 6 a.m. You don't have to work at 12 a.m. or 1 p.m. Yep. You have to work and do stuff on your that works for you. Yep. I'm proposing I am proposing daily daily habits every day, whether it's 5, 10, if you if you're feeling it and you're feeling the love, you're going to do it longer. There's a time when I was only doing 20 minutes, now it's an hour clearly because I'm feeling it and I'm loving it and it's making me better. It doesn't matter when I do it. So I'll give you an example. I had a late morning today. I I was celebrating um, a good friend, and I overslept. I got up at 10 a.m. today, uh, my time. I did my stuff from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Yesterday, I did it at 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Gotcha. It doesn't matter, you know. And that's a freedom thing, and that's kind of where I can agree with the anarchist guy. No fair. <laughs> because I'm like, don't be controlled by – Control your control your outcome. Don't con, don't be controlled by others on that. No, I understand. I always thought it like you always read those like I'm not a morning person. So when okay. you read those posts that are like if you're not up early and you're not this doing this and that, it's like why would I force myself to get up early when I can be tired the entire day? But like eight nine o'clock rolls around, I'm wide awake, and it makes way more sense for me to like work from like 9 p.m. till, you know, 2, 3, maybe 4 in the morning than it ever does working throughout that whole day. So I think like to your point is why would you try to change yourself to fit somebody else's kind of mold, right? Like, and you can call that an anarchist mindset or whatever, but I think you just need to figure out what works for you and do it. And to your point, like if you you want to work out at 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. and – who cares, right? Like if it works for you, what does it matter? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, those are the habits that I would tell you. And and look, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge the you know the the people who have a specific weight. I mean, what's sure. kind of cool about mindfulness is that like I know some people that are like you have to do transcendental meditation, or you look at Ariana Huffington; she has a very specific program. Sure. Look, if that stuff works for you and you want to incorporate that, go do it. Totally. I'm just telling you that don't make your life complicated. Just do it, do it, do a little every day. And I feel subconsciously, kind of like the golf example, once you see results, 
or once you don't, even if you don't see results, you're going to want to do more. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's how I see it. No, it's, it's fair. I, I think though too, like if you schedule it at 6am and then you sleep in till seven by accident, you sleep through your arm, you already feel like you're behind before your day's even kind of started. Right. Where if you're just like, I'll just do it now, then it's, I think it's even just like this less stress, right. To just fit it in when you can throughout the day. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Um, I'm totally with you. And that's how I see it. And that's what I, and so what I'm trying to promote is that if before you go into, you have to do this kind of structure, I feel that there's so many people don't even start. So it's it's not my place to tell you to like do it, this and that. When more people are doing that or when people who work with me want a deeper thing, yeah, then I'll go into that with them. But that's, you don't throw that in first. Yeah, I 100% agree. But Ash, we're coming to the end of the show. So let's close with mentioning where people can kind of get more information about yourself, Youngry, and all the other stuff you're involved with. Yeah, um, first off, so happy to be on the show again. And um, I'd love to connect with anyone on any of the stuff I mentioned. Um, You know, since we talked about LinkedIn, find me on LinkedIn. I want to connect with you all on LinkedIn. I know usually people are like, well, here's my handle and that's fine. I can do that too, but I want to meet with you on LinkedIn. Um, if you need to meet me online, then yeah, look me up on Facebook or Instagram. Just type in my name, Ash Kumra, A-S-H space K-U-M-R-A. But I'm really using LinkedIn as my like medium for like connecting with people. If you want to learn more about me um, or you want to talk about collaboration, uh, you can go to ashkumra.com. I have a little section that talks about some of the things that I'm working on and how you can collaborate. And then, um, of course, um, you know, I will add you to the stuff that Youngry's doing. Um, you know, we have some great stuff coming up in the near future. As of this interview, like I said, we're, we're like really building the foundation of the stuff that I mentioned. So I don't have as much to talk about on the Youngry at the moment, but that's just at the moment. Um, but otherwise, yeah, happy to be on the show and happy to help out in any way for anyone. Thanks. Perfect, Ash. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time under your day to be on the show and look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day. Thanks, man. You too. Thanks. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. Also check us out on Facebook at Building the Future Show and follow us on Twitter at Building Show. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.